If you're innovating, creating, or making a difference, this show is for you. Welcome to Over Coffee. I'm Dot Cannon. Here on Over Coffee, we talk with artists and innovators about the process of changing the world in terms of what they do. You might make a decision that you want to have a particular type of transportation mode. As you make that decision, you see that happening in that city physically in front of you. So it's really a lot of fun and it's all about problem solving. And I contend that all of us are problem solvers. The Tech Interactive Museum in San Jose's largest new exhibit is also one of their most interactive and it amounts to an invitation for a highly important creative collaboration. Michelle Marinowski is the Tech Museum's exhibit and content developer. Michelle is also an electrical engineer, an education professional, and the creator of the new Solve for Earth interactive exhibit at the Tech. Michelle, before we get to talking about this amazing new exhibit at the Tech, Solve for Earth, which I can't wait to see, you have described yourself as having a passion for creating content, a storyteller who loves to inspire other people to be a problem solver as you are. Where did that passion start for you? You know, it started very young. I have always been very curious about the world around me. One of the memories I have is of ripping all of my mother's roses, the leaves off of her or the petals off of her roses. And then I would soak them in water to make perfume. And I think while she applauded that kind of can-do curious attitude, I don't know if she was quite happy about the state of her rose bush <laughs> after I got to it, but I have always been super curious. My parents gave me, when I was around four or five years old, kind of a Pan Am jet. It was a little toy jet. And I remember just looking at it because it had a little remote control and I could follow it around. But what made it go? You know, and I remember just taking it apart. I had a Lego set that I would experiment with to build buildings. I'd always been very curious about the material that my Barbie dolls were made out of. And I remember like, kind of bending it and even chewing on it a little bit to figure out what this material was. How did this Barbie doll bend? What was that? Is it plastic? I've always just been very curious about the world around me. And I remember just gathering my friends with, you know, and just saying, hey, how? Do, what do you think? Should we make rose perfume today? You know, <laughs> and just experiment, you know, playing with my sisters and they were the same way. So we had a lot of fun experimenting with the world around us. Fast forward to today when you have just opened an exhibit you created that is one of the most interactive the tech's ever had. If I have this right, 15,000 square feet, 15 exhibits, and took you five years. Do I have all that correct for Solve for Earth? Uh, it's around 5,000 square feet. I wish it was 15,000 because I had enough material to fill that 15,000 square feet up. Yes, it took around 15 exhibits and definitely around five years, but those were very fun and exciting five years. Creating exhibitions is a whirlwind experience. So I had a lot of fun with that the five years that I've been, I've been doing that. Well, let us hope it will be 15,000 square feet in the future. Yes. <laughs> Did you 
tell me the story of Solve for Earth, how you first came up with the concept and what that journey was like. You know, we had been talking about doing an exhibition around climate change and around sustainability and how do we have a more, how do we live a more sustainable life? But the impetus for me, there are a couple of different impetuses. I was conversing, I have two boys, they're now, one of them is now an adult, but when they were younger, I remember talking to them about, you know, we're thinking about doing an exhibition around climate change and what that means for all of us. And my older son looked over at me and he said, climate change, that's not something that we have to worry about now. That's like way in the future. Why would you build an exhibition around that? I mean, I'm not going to worry about it. And then I thought to myself, oh, my goodness, (laughs) this response is exactly why we need to do an exhibition about this very important topic. I also, so, I mean, I immediately started to change his mind (laughs) and I mean, both of them are converts and really this is an important topic for both of them now. But I also remember that when I was expecting my older son, I took a picture of myself in front of a wisteria plant and it had just started to blossom just the day before he was born. And now that wisteria plant is blossoming almost a full month ahead of schedule. And that is only over around 19 years. I mean, that it has changed that much. And it's like, well, why is that happening? The world around me is changing. And I wanted to have this conversation with the community that I live in. This is an important thing that we need to talk about. So those are the two things that inspired me. What about other parents who have children who are saying, as your son said, well, I don't have to worry about that right now. What can you say or do to change the mind of a child who thinks that way? Of a child or of an, uh, an adult? Well, of an adult, really. It sounds oh, like okay. Know. Yeah, there's a couple of things. So I follow a scientist. Her name is Dr. Catherine Hayhoe, and I believe she's the chief scientific officer for nature for that organization. And... One thing she has emphasized that the most important thing that you can do is to start talking about it. Start talking to your friends and family about this topic. What are the changes that they're seeing? I have in my time at the tech, as we've tested the content out, run into climate deniers as well. And the way I usually start a conversation with those folks that are actually just are super curious, you know, they're not seeing any effect and they're coming to us to get that information. And the way I start a conversation is to really talk about our shared values. You know, everybody wants to have a rich and thriving life in the future. Everybody wants to see a healthy place for their own children and grandchildren to live. You know, my kids' health is important to me. And there are certain days when my younger one wasn't able to breathe because there was so much pollution in the air. And so when we start talking about these, you know, these shared values that we have, it's a lot easier to open a path for talking about different things that are happening. And my aim is never to forcibly 
change someone's mind. My aim is to just share my experiences and to understand why someone thinks the way they do. So I usually just start with a conversation. With that thought in mind, I'm sure that you're starting a lot of conversations with Solve for Earth. Let's walk through that in our imagination. We can't possibly talk about all 15 exhibits, but there are several I really like, but I'm just going to ask you, if you're taking an arts person, like I am, like a lot of my listeners are, through the exhibit, what are the first different exhibitions you're going to show them that are likely to engage their interest and start a conversation? So the first exhibit that you see when you walk into the Salt for Earth exhibition, the larger exhibition, is what we're calling our connections wall. And it's a wall that is 60 feet wide and 16 feet high. And it's just very immersive. And it basically serves as an introduction to the exhibition. And it talks about the different topics that we'll be covering. It basically is telling people what they'll be seeing in the rest of the exhibition, that this is an exhibition about problem solving. But the way that it talks about this is kind of almost matter-of-factedly. It's not about, it's not, this exhibition is not about scare tactics. It's about talking about this as a real problem and that we can all do something about it. This particular exhibit is colorful. It is fun to experiment and play with. There are little Easter eggs and you just turn a dial. And I should say across the 60 feet, there are seven different zones that we're experimenting with. But we don't kind of, you know, we don't say this is a, you know, here we're going to be talking about transportation you just naturally start experimenting with it and playing with it and seeing how your actions are affecting that particular zone. So it's really a lot of fun. It's very whimsical. It's very topical. And it's all about problem solving. And I contend that all of us are problem solvers, whether you're a a physicist or an engineer or an artist, you know, we are all natural problem solvers. So this takes advantage of that, that natural characteristic we all have. Fun, play, and whimsical, I think are the key words here, because a lot of us don't think of that when we think of climate change and what do we do. Would it be fair of me to ask what's one Easter egg they can look for? There are several in there, and I don't want to reveal too many of the Easter eggs, but what I will reveal is that there is one Easter egg that's based on me. So in all of these zones, it basically talks about, you know, whatever we're, you know, if we're talking about transportation or recycling, you'll see a whole tableau in front of you. In one of these zones, you see a neighborhood and people doing yoga in the neighborhood But there are, in this group of yoga practitioners, there's one practitioner that's just not very good. (laughs) And that's me. I love yoga, but my... I'm always struggling (laughs) with yoga and my balance. And, you know, I think there's a warrior pose that, that I'm always struggling with. And you see an earnest yoga practitioner who's just not that good. (laughs) 
it's really fun to kind of go around and while you're watching this, you're actually getting some of those lessons about, you know, the topic that we're exploring in that particular part of the exhibit. I love it. Let's go on to the exhibit in our imagination. I especially like pick and choose. I really like where you're designing a city and I really like the technology of those. Which one would you suggest we went to next? You know, when we designed Solve for Earth, we really were wanting to explore a couple of different ideas. First of all, that living, you know, if you want to get to that sustainable future, you have to learn how to make trade-offs, you know, and you need to also understand that there's an impact to the decisions that you make. So those two concepts are throughout the exhibition, but they're really highlighted in the Sustainable Cities exhibit. And basically what you, when you sit down at that particular exhibit, you see a kind of a, a generic city in front of you, but then there's a computer or a screen and you start to interact with your city. You start to make decisions about it. Like I want my city to have a lot of green space. And so you make that choice and then you see the impact of that choice occur right in front of you, like buildings start to rise and fall in front of you. You see more green space. You might make a decision that you want to have a particular type of transportation mode. As you make that decision, you see that happening in that city physically in front of you. And you're also understanding how sustainable your city is. And we make those calculations for you. And you also see the how your citizens are reacting to your decision-making. So it's a very nuanced exhibit and you can, you know, depending on how much you play with it, you have a great experience. And you can come in and experiment for five minutes. You can come in and experiment for 30 minutes and you each, each time have a great experience. And if you happen to be in the San Jose area, the Tech Interactive is open Thursday through Sunday and on holidays. You'll find their hours on thetech.org. That's thetech.org. I'd really love to have you tell me about the technology that you have there, the new technology or emerging technologies. What struck you as an electrical engineer like, whoa, this is cool and solves some problems for climate change? We highlighted four different technologies as we opened this exhibition. The idea is that we'll be adding more as we learn more. Every single one of those technologies that we share, there's something really incredible about it. You know, we highlighted the work of Blue Planet that has, that makes a special kind of a concrete and they sequester excess carbon in that concrete and then they build with it. We love the work that Upside Foods is doing in cellular agriculture. So they're making meat that has never seen an animal. They make it in their labs. We love the work that Mango Materials is doing in controlling and using methane at their plants. SkyCool uses the concept of radiative cooling to cool buildings. And each one of these concepts is going to make a huge difference. And I really wanted that to be a conversation 
that we have with our community, right? That people can come in and talk about, well, what does it mean for me to change the way that I eat? Or what does it mean if I can build buildings differently? So the idea was to highlight these technologies, but really start conversations. And it looks like those conversations don't end when people leave the tech. Would you tell me about the Eco Challenge too? Yeah, Eco Challenge is an incredible service. So oftentimes, you know, you'll go to a museum exhibition and you'll have a great time, but there's no takeaway. There's not a strong takeaway for when you leave. And I really wanted to have our visitors come in and have a plan of action. So what Eco Challenge does is that it allows people to make a plan for ways that they can affect their environment to lower their footprint. It provides a variety of different challenges that you can take on in in food, in how you move around your city, in the changes that you can make in the waste that you produce. There's are real challenges that you can take on. We ask people to try to make a plan that has three different challenges of varying difficulty, easy, medium, and more difficult. And we've found that collective action, we've done some really incredible things. Collectively, we've saved like thousands of pounds of CO2 from entering our environment. Like we have reduced our water consumption as a community. It's really heartening to see that, right? And we know that if someone takes on a challenge and they do it for two weeks, which is about the time that we suggest that you do your eco-challenge plan, it becomes a habit. So it just becomes natural to how you move in your community, how you conduct your day. We also talked about a statement Michelle had made on LinkedIn that ethics were a central concept in her Solve for Earth exhibit. One of the things that I did during when I was researching this topic is to get in touch with the Markula Center for Applied Ethics at Santa Clara University. That particular team of people really think very much about ethics and climate change. And the way that was what ethics means, the way that it was described to me by these amazing ethicists is that ethics is your moral map, right? It allows you to move from point A to point B. And so we wanted to create a space in Solve for Earth that gave people the time and the experience to modify their moral map, right? So that you can see that there are scientists in this world, that this topic of climate change and sustainability, it's important. There are scientists that look just like you that are doing something about this? How will you change your moral map to to make your own change in your, you know, in your eco footprint? Ethics is an important part of sustainable cities, for example, right? Because as you're making those changes, you're seeing how it affects other people. And so do you want to have a city that's generally happy and functioning well? What do you have to do to make that happen? That's also an ethical decision. So that has been incorporated into a lot of the exhibits. You know, the kind of food that we eat. You know, what are the ethical decisions about 
adding too much meat to your diet? You know, what does it mean to cut that down? What are the impacts of that? Should we do that? So we've given a lot of space in this Salt for Earth exhibition to have people think about their moral map and their own ethics. That's an interesting point, because when you say moral map, the first things that come to mind, be kind, be honest, how do you treat other human beings? I don't think a lot of us think of the moral map as it relates to our choices and the planet. Right. And when you're making choices about the planet, you're making choices about people, right? And that's what that's another thing I want people to understand, you know, our visitors, is that you know, climate change is not just some, it's not just a problem. It is a problem that involves humanity. It involves people. And how do we, you know, how do we want our brothers and sisters and neighbors to live, right? We all want to be happy. How do we get there? We all want to be healthy. How do we get there? So this is definitely an ethical you know, at its very core, this is an ethics-based exhibition. And while Solve for Earth is going to start some discussions with the next generation about creating a better world, it's not exclusively for the kids. I would love to just share with folks that are listening that we designed this exhibit for all ages. So we have exhibits in here for four-year-olds and five-year-olds. And I want people to really understand that four and five-year-olds are great problem solvers and that we should all, as a community, as a family, be thinking about ways to make change for ourselves. And we all should be thinking about what kind of future we want to live in. What if someone listening really wants to see this, but they can't right now. What are some of your virtual resources that are connected to Salt for Earth? So we have, we opened the online version of Salt for Earth earlier this year. It's called saltforearth.com. So I highly recommend that you go and visit that site. There you can learn more about EcoChallenge. You can see all of the, we have, created videos about all of these different emerging technologies that we're highlighting in the exhibit. So you can check out the videos there. We also have a video series called Scientist Stories that talks about what local scientists are doing. And while these are local scientists, the work that they're doing is global impact. So you can learn about the work that these people are doing and more about them. And you can have access to some of the great activities that we've put together. So some of our learning materials, you know, projects that you can do at home, projects that your instructors can do in schools. So, and our plan is to add more to that as we learn more. Homeschooling parents especially are going to absolutely love this. This is fantastic. What did you consider one of your absolute favorite creative challenges as a problem solver while you were creating the Solve for Earth exhibition? That's a really good question. So the thing is that the content is the content. Our job is to take complicated concepts and make them easier and more accessible for people to understand. That's always so. While you have the problem of the content, 
we have the additional issue of trying to make that accessible and wanting to get people, you know, attracting people to engage with it. So we had a lot of fun as a team figuring out different ways to get people engaged in that topic. So for example, you had, in fact, you mentioned something earlier, our pick and choose exhibit. Food is a big lever that we all have when we want to kind of experiment with our eco footprint. Waste is a huge issue. Like if you were to think about food waste, it's one of the, if you, as a country, it is like third, it's the third largest emitter of carbon dioxide. But how do you talk about that in a way that is engaging? So we made basically a cafeteria type experience out of that. So you walk up to that exhibit and you are either putting together a rice bowl or a burrito and you start to add the ingredients that you want to make that dish for yourself. And while you're having fun doing that, you are seeing the impact of your choices. And so I think that was a really great creative way that we are dealing with something that is really complex and complicated. This idea of how do you design a city? Again, while it's a big topic, we came up with a really fun way for people to engage with that. And it took us some time to do that. We did a lot of testing with our community before we landed on the best way to talk about these things. As we look forward, what would you really like to see happening with Solve for Earth in the future? This strikes me as an evolving exhibit, something you're going to be improving on and making even better in the future. Exactly. So we have created mechanisms for us to change that content. You know, we can add more technologies. We, you know, we share the work of more scientists. So I am looking forward to adding more information. And I really want people to when they come here and experiment with it, I really want them to kind of walk away with this idea that the climate change is a problem that we can all take part in, right? That we can all work towards solving, that it should not be put off this, you know, we ought to be empowered to, to address this issue. I really want people to walk away with that the idea is that our actions have impact and our decisions have impact and that we can make a difference. So I hope I answered your question there. You certainly did. I'm going to ask you my signature question. Usually I wrap up the podcast with this one. If people could only get one thing from you about innovation, creativity, and making a difference as a mom, as an engineer, as a designer and storyteller, what would you like them to take away from you? The we all are innovators. I don't think I have ever met a person that doesn't innovate and has no ideas. I mean, the way you take action may be different. Like I do experiments. I've been trained to do experiments. I know artists that have amazing ideas and innovate in different ways and talk about really important topics. I think that we are all problem solvers. And that's what the Tech Interactive is all about, helping people discover their own innovative and problem-solving skills. So I don't ever believe anyone when they say, oh, I can't do that. And 
my response is, well, you may not be able to do a nuclear experiment, but you may be able to solve this amazing math problem, or you can put together this amazing artistic expression and get people to think and, you know, gather and problem solve. So I want people really to walk away understanding that we are all innovators and that we can all make a difference. Michelle, thank you for your time today. Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed speaking with you. You and I have been listening to Michelle Marinowski, exhibit and content developer at the Tech Interactive Museum in San Jose and creator of the Tech's largest new exhibit, Solve for Earth. You can find out more about Solve for Earth both at thetech.org and get a look at their virtual resources at solveforearth.com. Once again, that's thetech.org and solveforearth.com. And that concludes this edition of Over Coffee. Thank you for listening. Listen to more Over Coffee podcasts at twomavericks.com. That's two, T-W-O, Mavericks, M-A-V-E-R-I-X. And you can contact us at twomavericks at gmail.com. The music you're hearing is royalty-free production music provided by Pond5 at pond5.com. I'm Dot Cannon. Here's wishing you a cappuccino day.